Welcome to the China On Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate you taking the time to sit with me, to drive with me. Um, it's actually been a, it's been a pretty cool week. So um took last week off. I took a couple of days off at the end of the uh, week last week from work. I didn't do a podcast. I really didn't do all that much, but I did put out a little acoustic EP, and that was cool because... I've been sitting on these songs for a while. I actually recorded it like basically where I'm sitting now. Uh, I did it kind of Sugar Shack style where I've got a camera. I put it on like an electric mover, uh, like a panning bar. So it went back and forth automatically and I had another camera over here. And so I recorded those. I actually put them out on, I put the full thing out on YouTube and then I put a couple of those songs out on uh, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. And it's actually been cool to get feedback from people and even listen to it on Spotify and uh, hear it in my house and stuff. Like I, like my wife put it on the Apple TV and my daughter's now listening to it. And so that's cool. So she'll like do things like this. She just turned two over the weekend. And uh, no, it's cool that she's actually enjoying it, that it's not like it's not like she hears it and then goes like, bad dada or anything like that she actually enjoyed it so i appreciate that and it's just kind of cool that like your music can be like on the tv i know it's pretty easy to go you go to lander you go to any of these things you submit a song you put it out there basically costs you a hundred bucks to sign up for the year and then it's there but it's still a cool feeling to finally take that ship it put it out there and uh you know, it's interesting like how things change because in the past, man, I was fucking like I hated any kind of like self-promotion. And it wasn't it wasn't completely like, oh, I just don't believe in self-promotion because I don't do that, you know, whatever. It was I I was like in physical discomfort when my music would come on or like around people that I knew. Like if I was there and my music came on, I would like physically lock up. I don't know why. Maybe it was just like insecurity, but also because with the music, I do talk about things that are pretty personal. I try to go in depth. And so maybe having that, like that uh, rawness openness around other people that maybe I like I know I could know them well like even it could be with my wife could be some of my best friends could be my family it's just like it was a weird very uncomfortable feeling because part of it too is when you make music and you make shit like that you do kind of put your your true self into it and that's really it's pretty uncomfortable to share because that's you could I think a lot of us go through most day to day, you have not like a complete facade of who you are, like I'm a completely fake person, but there are things that you put out there uh, that you don't really want people to know truly what you're thinking or what you're feeling or, you know, you don't, I, at least for me, when I try, when I interact with people, a lot of times it could come down, maybe I want to be liked or accepted or accepted by the tribe, like whatever. You know, people say, like, people, you're wired like that for hundreds of thousands of years to be accepted by the tribe. That could be it. 
I also know people that like don't fully give a shit. I do respect that. I envy it a little bit. <clears throat> I'm glad I don't completely have it because my brain kind of works um, different. But yeah, I would get like physically, I would like shut down. Like it would be like I'd become a hot dog in a bun, just like fucking wrapped up in there. And then you could fucking throw some mustard, you could throw some ketchup on me, and I'd have no idea really what was going on. And so, in, so when, because of that, I wouldn't, I would not actually go out and like promote it very much. Like I'd put a post out as like an obligatory promotion thing because I don't want to, like I didn't want to bother people by putting things out. And now I'm like, hey, I spent all this time doing this. Let me just fucking put it out there. I made clips. I put those out on Instagram. I'll throw them up on YouTube. And uh, it's actually cool because people are listening to it now. Like it's not a ton. I mean, I 10X'd my Spotify listeners. So, I mean, that's pretty fucking sick. And the main strategy was go from legitimately two listeners to 20 listeners. So if you want to know the secret to 10X your Spotify listeners, hit the uh, link in the bio below and sign up for my free course. I'll show you exactly step-by-step how I did it and how you can do it too because the financial freedom that's come from this number of listeners is honestly, it's it's changed my life in a in a one-week period. Like I, I got right around 18 listeners. I went out, I told my wife like, look, I know that you don't necessarily see where this is going and I know that you know, I did talk about doing music full time in the past, but I bought you this and I brought her outside and it was a G wagon. So like I actually bought it. So I took out a loan. I took out a home equity line of credit on my house and I bought my wife a G wagon and she was so fucking stoked about it. I mean, like she shows her affection really in kind of strange ways. Like she was just like, I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take Lana and the baby that's on the way. And you know, all like all these kind of things, you know, how like women do when it's like, they get like really excited about certain things. So, you know, I, I kind of understand where she's coming from. Uh, you know, you know, I wouldn't necessarily react that way. I would have just said like, thank you would have been nice. Um, but not everybody, you don't know, that's a part of giving gifts and putting things out in the world is you don't know how people are going to receive them and you don't know how they're going to react, but you still, you still need to give that gift to the world. And so that's how I view my music and, uh, this podcast, because you don't know how people are going to react. I it could have three listeners and, uh, you could have, I mean, 30 listeners. When you hit 30 listeners, I know you might be talking shit. When you hit 30 listeners on your fucking Spotify, then you go out and you buy yourself a G-Wagon because that, that fucking money's coming. I'll, I'll tell you that much. When it doubles to 60, fuck. I'm, I'm going to go on Richard Branson's uh, mini space shuttle thing. I think that's the next move. I think it's double the amount of money of a G-Wagon, so it only makes sense. And, um, yeah, so... But it, it was cool, like getting that, talking to a handful of people reached out and like gave me specific feedback on the music. And that is actually cool to do, like to put something out into the world and not know what's going to happen. 
even through the fear of potential rejection or humiliation or people disliking it or making fun of it or whatever it might be. Because it's not fucking perfect EP. Like, I actually recorded that at, I think by the time I started recording that set that's on the album was like 1.30 in the morning. So I'd spent all this time setting it up. I think I started that whole process at like 9 or 10 at night. So by the time I got to that, I was fucking wiped out. That was actually the, it was the second take. So I ran through all of those songs once and then hit pause, stopped everything and was like, all right, that was pretty good. Now that I got one in the bag that I'm like, okay with, let me just fucking go through and record it one more time. And so that EP is the second recording. So it's not perfect, but it was cool to talk to like some friends, some people that I know through, uh, jujitsu uh through a few other things that like gave me specific feedback and that is actually a really cool feeling after you put something out like the the things where people are like oh that's you did a great job i appreciate it awesome but like when somebody actually goes and gives you specific feedback like hey you know there's something about the way that the songs come off and like the way that you sing it and like the combo of the words, I I don't necessarily have that same situation, but I could feel what you were putting into it, or it reminded me of this particular thing. Like that is that's very cool. That that makes it worth it to do and to keep trying to put things out. And that helped get the momentum going. And like uh, other things too. When I was talking to Eddie from Sugar Shack, one of the things he said. I talked to him about it this weekend was like, he said he's constantly looking for inspiration. And, and I wasn't doing that for a long time. And I've been getting better at that since we had that conversation. And it really is true. Like you can pull inspiration from yourself. You can also pull inspiration from like your past accomplishments, which is cool because now as like these songs are playing on the TV and stuff, and I have like the new EP going, it is playing some songs that I, recorded and released two years ago, something like that. And during that time when I recorded that, uh, I was trying to figure out how to make a business work and all these things. So I'd, I put it off to the side again. But at that time, I kind of thought that they sucked. And like, if you were to compare it to like what you're technically supposed to do with frequencies and where does your voice sit in terms of in the front of the mix or in the middle or the back of the mix and how did that relate to this like it was not technically perfect and there was a lot of technical flaws with it but i listen back to it and i'm like i'm actually proud of the stuff that i put together and that's uh that's a cool feeling because those yeah like i said they're not perfect but it is cool to go back and get some inspiration and kind of remind yourself like oh, all right, you've already lived this much life. You've already accomplished this many things. Like, that's cool. I just did this thing recently. Like, now what else can I do? So, I got, like, that's a cool place to pull from. Oh, poor baby. I'm on baby monitor duty tonight. She's talking in her sleep a little bit. Oh, little baby. Um... Also, but I went to the Little Stranger concert in St. Pete 
at Janice Live. And that got me fucking fired up too. Because it was it was cool to be there because I don't know much about the band. I haven't listened to them for a long time. I saw them live at Reggae Rise Up. I've watched that Sugar Shack pop-up session that they have. And I went and saw this and I it I felt like I was kind of they, like I was there at a like a kind of historical moment for them as a band. So like playing Janice live is fucking cool. Like that's gotta be a cool thing. I'm going to do that eventually, but like doing that has to be fucking awesome. It's gotta be a great feeling, but headlining a show and selling it out. And then not only doing that, but then having the entire crowd be fucking with you and dialed in to what you're playing, the songs, a shitload of the crowd was singing along. Like, that's fucking cool. And it was like, a, it was cool to be there because uh, there's something in the way they performed and how they were talking about it that was like, hey, this, this is like one of the biggest shows that we've ever like done that's our show and like people are pumped to be here and like, we're fucking nailing it. And that that was cool. I could I could completely be off the mark in terms of like how I'm interpreting that. But that kind of feeling of, oh shit, like we're pulling this off. Like all the work that we put in over all these years of fucking grinding it out, playing hell gigs, dude. Like you go somewhere and like nobody wants to hear fucking two dudes rapping and playing this shit. And it's like, how many times have they gone and fucking done that? Like, I remember going and playing shows. And it's like, nobody wanted me to fucking be there. And you sit there and you fucking suck it up and you take it. And you reevaluate your life constantly and wonder if you're making the right decision. So that was just a cool thing to be a part of. And it kind of reminded me... Like are you there's so there's so many events like that that happen in the world and it's good to be a part of them every once in a while. You don't need to be at every single event and see every single thing all the time, but like it is good if you're more of like a hermit type person, like I could go for fucking a few months without like going out to a bar or going out to a concert or going out to like I can go months and months without doing that, especially with a two-year-old, a baby on the way, like working all the time, doing this shit. Like there's plenty of times where I could not go do any of that stuff. And you kind of forget that there's like a whole world of things going on out there, like events, people doing shit, things that you can be a part of. And I think it's good to go to that every once in a while. That is kind of a sense of inspiration in itself of like, getting in the mix of people and like humanity and you'll see fucked up things like walking around downtown St. Pete after the show. Like it's fucking madness. Like there's people like fighting. There's people that look like they were clearly selling drugs. Like there was all kinds of shit. There's girls in like super scantily clad. Like, and then you look at all the security guards, like, 
like their heads are fucking about to pop off. It's like, it's great. It's, I, I don't, I don't want to do that all the time. I'm not fucking 22 anymore, but it's good to go out there every once in a while. Remind yourself what the hell's happening out there. Um, no, but that, that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad I got to do it. So I've been fired up with that. It got me, got me moving on some music. It got me, uh, starting to pull out some old songs and, uh, I'm just starting to like put them down on recording and just fucking get it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool feeling, man. And, um, yeah, so like last week when I took these couple of days off, that was actually, it was nice because I got to actually hang out, hang out with my daughter for a few days where I kind of took her in the morning and did went and did a bunch of stuff with her during that time. That was nice because I've been traveling for work and like being on and off sick. So when I'd be home on the weekends, like you'd basically, I would travel for work. I would be like just fighting sickness for that whole time. And then the weekend would come and I would just like kind of fall apart and be fucking wiped out, be sick. And then the next week, just pull it together, go fly to wherever I need to go and basically be not sick for that time and come home and then just fucking be sick. And I was just doing that for almost a month straight. So I took the time. We just fucking chilled and brought her to the beach and all that stuff. And it was, it was nice because you get this, you get this time to actually like, see where they're at and like where they've developed and like what kind of little person that she's becoming and all that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, man, it's, it's fun and it's, uh, it's cool. And I'm trying to actually enjoy that process the whole time. Cause everybody that's older than me, that seems to have their shit together in some way, uh, that I have some level of respect for all of them say it goes fast. So yeah, man, I'll, uh, I'll heed the advice, try to make the most of it. And you have like a lot of fun times. There's also times like there's also times where you're, you just want to brush their teeth and they won't let you. And you want to like, I want to fucking, I, I would, I would love to like rip the sink out of the fucking counter because it's so fucking frustrating. And it's, that's just the age. And I have to be like, Hey, 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 guess what? You're you're 31 years old. She's two years old. You gotta get your shit together. You gotta you gotta fucking calm down. I'm like, okay. It's it's Lana's turn, and then it's Dada's turn, and then when it comes to Dada's turn, and then she fucking runs the other direction. You're like, what the fucking fuck? It's I don't know how it happens. But it's just the it's just the balance, I think, of being a dad. And you gotta like you really gotta keep yourself in check because like you're legitimately ten times the size of them. It's I mean, I think about ten times the size. I don't fucking know. But like you gotta be the one to like calm yourself down and take a step back, be like, okay, this is not another adult. This is like a toddler. They're working with a different set of reasoning. I think part of it too, like, cause I don't read the books about like what kids do and how they think my wife does, but I don't. So I think that I'm just like, I know 
logically, I'm not talking to somebody who's an adult who should know this stuff, but emotionally, I feel like she should just get it sometimes. And it's kind of a stupid way. It's kind of a stupid way to think because it's not in reality. And then I end up, you end up getting frustrated and it just, it is what it is. So I'm getting better at it. But part of it too is when you're fucking sick and going, traveling all the time, you're not eating super healthy, you're not exercising. So you get like all in the shitty mood and everything. So I exercised before this. I'm getting back on the straight and narrow. And I'm going to have myself a goddamn beer. Little fucking Das Einzig Warhar at Warsteiner. Oh, man. Oh, this actually does make me feel better that it's naturally brewed according to the German purity law. So, got a little Aryan beer. Picked it up at Publix. I always knew Publix was fucking up to something. God damn it, guys. One of the other things that I've been thinking about, too, is self-censorship. Like, do you censor yourself? Like, when I'm talking and I go through this, do the podcast, I kind of censor myself. Like, I'll think about what what are certain things that you can or can't say uh, that'll get you banned or that'll get you um, a strike. Like, I did an interview with a buddy of mine, and we just talked about all the standard schmiercy uh, schmeries. And um, that got flagged and pulled with no like real explanation, just like you uh, you were talking about things that went against the community guidelines. And so it does, I think what scares me about this kind of stuff is that it does make, these kind of things make you self-censor. And I think it's, it spreads to most people, not just people that make stupid podcasts in their garage i think it spreads to most people with how they interact like like i don't know if you guys notice this and maybe this has been forever and it just depends on what the taboo subject of the time is but there are certain things and when like i don't say them that much to people but i i'm around people all the time that say like things that are not politically correct they're not even like it's not even like somebody's being racist and then they're and then they're just like, oh, I'm just politically incorrect. It's just like things that are not the mainstream narrative. And you can literally watch people's whole bodies just tighten up. Like it's almost like their asshole is going to suck their body back through and then create like an infinite black hole loop with their body and their anus. Like it's like that much pressure that just suddenly like – like the air gets sucked out of the room again. Then if you were to like light a match, it would just fucking like, it's, it's kind of crazy how people get like that. But I understand why. Cause I feel the same way, even aside from putting this stuff out, I think all of us know that basically everything that we do, I mean, our phones are listening, pretty much all of our emails are getting read through and, I, like if you use yeah, Google Workspace, like I know all of those documents are getting read. They're getting OCR. That information is going back to some sort of database. And then whatever they're doing with it, I don't, I don't know. 
but like we can only kind of guess because you have the stuff that broke in like 2013 with the Snowden stuff where it was like, hey, these guys, uh, all these major telecommunications companies, they're all piping these things through like the Pentagon. Like basically all the data is like filtering through that. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I don't know if that's still the case. I would imagine that it hasn't gotten better, but we we can all see it <clears throat> clearly now with the people that we watch, right? Like, look at we saw it during the Shermerred, uh, uh, the three year stint recently, and we saw Joe Rogan get fucking all this stuff, and we saw like the attacks on it. Fortunately, he didn't get censored because he was on Spotify, but you saw like you saw the mechanism at work, like. Oh, they tried to fucking get them, and they kind of couldn't, and they tried, but it backfired. But then you look at other people, like like you look at RFK. Like he went on a bunch of different podcasts, and then suddenly, suddenly months, even over a year later, certain episodes would get pulled down. Like why? Why? Why were those fucking episodes pulled down now when he's running for president? When he's now challenging the incumbent guy, like why? And how come? Like how come that shit isn't fucking election tampering? How come when? How come when Biden and the FBI and the CIA go through and reach out to Facebook? And all these things to suppress a la- the Hunter Biden laptop story. How come that's not election tampering? One, when it was a real thing. And then two, how come they can work? How come these uh, telecommunications companies like and channels like YouTube and all these other guys, how come suddenly they're able to censor somebody who's running against the incumbent person. And how come the Democratic National Committee can say, hey, uh, we just imposed this new rule. Uh, if you're running for president and uh, you have been to any of these states, uh, actually any votes in those states are going to go to uh, Biden. Like, that is literally tampering with the election. And you go, well, no, that's actually just how the that's just for the Democratic Party. There's two fucking main ways to get to be the president. It's the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And like everybody bought these fucking fake stories about Russia and all this shit. Like, of course, those countries are tampering with our election. We tamper with theirs. We tamper with everybody's shit. So I don't know. Anyway, it's just frustrating that you can have this kind of censorship on in ways that are clearly serving a, a specific group. If you talked about the three-year stint between you know 2020 and recently, and some of the things that were uh, available for sale by large companies to large countries and things were um i i don't know what the right word is to say uh 
people were talking about making sure that people had done this particular thing. Um, anything that went against it got fucking shut down. Like, by and large, got shut down in these mainstream areas, on YouTube, uh, on Twitter. The, you, you get you got shadow banned on Instagram. All of this kind of stuff, it leads to that. But all of us can see that that's happening. You want to chime in, chime in, Lon? No, she doesn't want to chime in. All right. Yeah, she was pissed about it, too. I was talking to her earlier. She's like, fuck it. Can't believe they did that to RFK. Son of a bitch. So it's just it's just frustrating, but we see that. I think everybody sees that. It's not it's not uh it's not like unknown. Like the people that we listen to, uh if you listen to Tim Dillon, you listen to Giannis Papas, you listen to all these guys, they'll even talk about it where it's like, oh well. We're going to get kicked off YouTube for that one. Like Theo Vaughn had RFK on. He just got a strike. They pulled the video down. He got a strike. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Russell Brandt. I guess part of what they're saying is that some people are alleging him of rape. And then other people are saying, I don't fucking know. I was listening to Theo Vaughn with Tucker Carlson. He had a good point. He's like, yeah, once they decide, like, you're canceled, suddenly all these women come out that have, like, (laughs) that you've (laughs) fucking sexually assaulted i don't know how the timing always works out that way <sighs> fucking i don't know maybe i'm just an idiot but i think we all see it like when you listen to so what i was saying like you listen to, to tim dylan or Giannis papas they'll even talk about it, like on on Giannis papas's thing he's like we didn't swear at the first five minutes of the thing so we don't get downplayed like it's you you see these things, and now that I make videos and I put all these things out, like I understand the mechanisms of how they do it. It's probably more complex than I'm thinking, but just from a simple level, it's not magic. It's not like a guy sitting there listening all the time. Basically, the way it works is when you put these videos out and you upload them into any of these platforms, uh, any of the audio, and I'm sure they do something with like v- where the video – it reads it or something, but with the audio, it's automatically transcribed into their system. So that way you could do the captions, all that kind of thing. But part of that technology, when you send it through, what it does is it transcribes it. And then my guess would be that they have several layers of tags, filters, and then some sort of context filters for it too. So if they, if you were to put out an episode on YouTube that talked about the Shangjemir, uh, that happened for about three years, starting in 2020, um, that had a, a specific five-letter uh, name. Basically, what would happen is it goes through the transcription, standard stuff, and then something flags that. doesn't necessarily mean they shut it down from there, but then it probably goes through like uh, like a logic tree of some sort that says like, okay, here, this word was said, like, here are other keywords to look out for in relation, like in this sentence, like how does this relate? And I'm sure that once it goes over a certain like point system or equation, or you hit enough flags or something like that, then it, then it flags them and they can shut it down. Or if you're small enough, it just shuts it down automatically. Maybe they do it for, if you're big enough too. 
because they they seem to have no fucking clue. And these companies don't have any real like good customer service. Like Google, Facebook, Instagram, like they didn't invest in the customer service side uh, as far as I can tell. Like you will not get a fucking answer. Maybe Google because they have Gmail, they have a business side, but I I don't know. And I could just be a cynical prick. But I know that that's most likely the mechanism for it. I'm sure that they've got something else where, like, it parses images. Because if you think of a video, a video is just a bunch of still images. So you've got some sort of technology that can read and scan those images as they go through. Like, it might be able to flag things. That might be more data-intensive and processing power-intensive and maybe even more storage-intensive. So I don't know if that's, like, a feasible way for them to do it, but... I think that's how they do it. But I just don't like the fact that it's it's in our minds for everything because we think about – I know I think about things now through that lens. Even if you're just talking or you're texting or like I use Evernote as a way to capture my thoughts. Like, man, that shit is not just fucking in Evernote. Like that is going somewhere. Whatever – happens after that i don't know i don't necessarily think that there's like a little guy in a room like fucking chris hine this is what he thinks about his parents like i don't think that there's something like that and then they're gonna put things together but it's just you can start to paint like build a profile of people over time and i don't know it's just it's just fucking strange and it it changes the way that you interact the way that you look at the world the way you're willing to tell the truth uh how how safe you feel telling the truth um and i don't think there's anything wrong with thinking before you speak like you know i don't necessarily like everything that everybody says but i do think that they should have the right to say it um but i also don't think that people should really be like super afraid of i don't know getting silence for what they think or what they talk about. And I don't know. I'm torn because I, I am very much like it is, they, these are individual companies, so they should have the right to make those decisions. Um, but it's just very much at scale. And part of the issue too, that I see is like, it hasn't just stopped at like, Oh, you get your, your social media shut down. Like people get their fucking bank account seized. They get all these things seized. Like it's really, it's strange. So I don't know when, when you see this blatant, like partisanism in terms of what gets censored and who's getting censored and what things are getting censored. It's just, it's just interesting. I think it's all really geared to, keep you to not look at certain aspects of reality that certain people don't want you to look at. And it's, um, it's weird because it, it, one of the, the things that it does, that's frustrating too, is it does push regular thinking people that question things. It pushes them more towards a conspiratorial mindset or towards conspiratorial sources, because I don't trust anything that's mainstream news. Which sucks because I'm sure that there's things in there that I should be looking at, that I should be aware of, that are relevant, and maybe it's 90% true, and I got to parse through the little nonsense. But by and large, I write a lot of it off because I'm 
I'm thinking like I'm hesitant to accept any of that as truth. So I don't know. It's uh, it just kind of fucks with you. So I think that's all I. That's all I really got on that that point. There was one other thing I was going to say on that, but we're already at 37 minutes. God, I can fucking ramble on, dude. Is anybody fucking sick of me yet? Jesus. Oh, I think we're using different, uh, different detergent or something on our towels. I just took a shower and I fucking used this towel and... I felt like I was I had like my grandma's perfume on it or something like that. I've been smelling it all over the place. I don't know what the hell's happening right now. Uh, that's all I think I've got for you guys tonight. I'm tapped out, baby. I'm tapped the hell out. But um, if you would like to get in touch with us, go to the links in the show notes below. Leave us a little voicemail on our pod inbox. Send us a message there. Send something. If you think we should have a certain guest on, let us know that too. If you'd like to tell us to go fuck ourselves, and by us I mean me and myself, go ahead and send me your uh, billing and mailing address. And, you know, I may send you something nice. You may get some anthrax. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a something that whatever you want to do if you want to if you want to do a little dance at the end of this just as a way to um show your solidarity with uh, the show then by all means give a little shake all right bye bye